Welcome back to Terminator 101 here on Anchor. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever you're tuning in from, whether it be on uh, iTunes or uh, Google Podcasts or Spotify, however you're listening to this podcast, I just want to say thank you. It really does mean a lot. Um, I do suggest getting the free Anchor app from your app store because that's the best way to participate in the show. You can call in to the podcast and I can include your call in for a future episode. So that's really cool. It's much more interactive. If you want to submit a question, a comment, a concern, anything like that, you can do that on the Anchor app. And it's really cool. It's very interactive. You can applaud if you like something that you hear. So I suggest getting that. But if you're tuning in some other way, I really still do appreciate it. Um, All right. So This is going to be a really quick episode, but I just wanted to let you guys know and talk for a minute or two about uh, the importance of today, which is August 29th, 2018, because 21 years ago, August 29th, 1997, Judgment Day was avoided. And I wanted to specifically talk about that scene in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. I'm not going to go in depth on my thoughts and opinions and my analysis of Terminator 2 because that's going to be a future uh, episode down the road. This is specifically going to be focused on just kind of talking about and um, opening up, you know, the lines, I guess I could say, to you guys to uh, call in and let me know what you think about it as well. The nuclear war dream sequence that we see in Terminator 2, Judgment Day. How beautiful it is in terms of how James Cameron accomplished it and what it looks like on film, but how nightmarish it is because of the world that we live in today and how relevant it still is to this day. So... If you guys aren't familiar with it, or if you have kind of like a foggy memory, if you haven't seen Terminator 2 recently, um, the scene I'm talking about is where Sarah is dreaming, of course. This is obviously a dream sequence, but she's approaching um, the chain link fence that is encased around a uh, playground. And she's you know peering through the fence, and she can see a version of herself and what we as the audience can assume is young John Connor. We, we see Sarah as sort of uh, closer resembling the uh, version of herself from the first film. Um, she has that kind of 80s looking hair still. Uh, she's you know, very beautiful, um, just enjoying her day. And uh, Sarah in present day, the, like the Sarah that we see in Terminator 2 you know, is, you know, trying to get the attention of everybody inside the playground and tell them to, you know, run, you know, it's coming, like, you know, do something. No one's listening to her because it's obviously a nightmare. No one's listening to her. Uh, her, her younger self thinks that she hears something, looks around and then goes back to laughing. And then we get the shot of the bomb, you know, going off in the backdrop of the city And the giant flash of light that then just encompasses everything in the vicinity. Everything is just automatically, you know, just, ah, it's so good. It's so good. And then 
we see the fireball, right? We see the fireball. After the light kind of dims down a little bit, we see the fireball from the nuclear bomb. And then everybody kind of starts burning, like the bodies start burning and uh, people are you know, catching on fire. And then we cut to the nuclear wave is what I'm going to call it. The nuclear wave that takes all of Los Angeles with it. It takes all of Los Angeles with it. It's a wave and it just destroys the buildings. We get close-ups and we get an incredible score from Brad Fidel. And I wish I could include it here. Um, but just, you know, look it up. Uh, just type in, I, I believe it's called Sarah Dream. Sarah's Dream from the Terminator 2 score. Look it up. And it is so intense. But it, it, it's so perfect for that scene because, you know, we see a bus on a bridge and we see cars on a bridge and, and, and the bridge and the bus just get wiped out. And then we cut to the bodies of the humans and they're starting to just evaporate into dust. They've literally just frozen, not, you know, not in ice, but they're like, they're like statues. They look like they're statues now. And then they just all of a sudden just evaporate into dust. And Sarah herself the final image is cut, you know, is caught on fire and she's burning and she's holding onto the fence and another uh, like explosion goes off and that's her body. Her body explodes and we get just a couple seconds of seeing her skeleton holding onto the fence as the fire just comes over her and just completely gets rid of her entire outer skin, everything is gone, and we see the skeleton holding onto the fence, screaming. And then she wakes up. And that is obviously a very pivotal moment in the in the film because that is the moment she decides, I'm going to take action. This cannot happen. This will not happen. And she does it. And I just wanted to uh, kind of just go through that really quickly with you guys and ask you, what do you think of that scene any cool fun facts, you know, just the production behind that scene. James Cameron wanted such authenticity and he got it. He got it 100% with the use of miniatures and smoke effects and everything that was put into that scene from Stan Winston and the production team, the creative team. Beautiful, beautiful. And it's a scene that from the moment I saw that film, I've never forgotten that scene. I've never forgotten it. That is, that, that is just a testament to its power. So thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Call into the show. Let me know what you think of uh, that particular moment, anything that stands out to you, any memories you have of that. And, um, you know, I, I say this with, uh, you know, obviously, you know, joking, assuming that nothing like that ever happens, and, you know, God forbid, or what, you know, whatever. We don't want that to happen. But happy Judgment Day, everybody.